Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Strategy with Be sure to subscribe to Raver's Last Days on your favorite podcast for great tips and pace strategies on using everyone you're cool. listening to the leverage masters we have dr gina gaudio grace with us today who is the owner of divisio and like the jv queen in the world we also have aj poyden who is our guest today and we're gonna have so much fun and i surprised him i didn't tell him we were already live so hey we're live aj <laughs> And I'm Andrea Adams Miller, your co-host, and uh, I, I run the Red Carpet Connection. Gina, how are you today? I'm awesome. How are you? Hunky Dory. I'm so glad that you're able to be here with us. Uh, I wanted to be able to show your picture so that way when you show up, you are on here with us as well. And uh, so Gina, you already know AJ and have known him for years. How did you guys first meet? I don't even know how we first met. Did we meet first on the show? I'm not exactly sure either. Yeah, uh, not 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 exactly. You know when you, when you're in but the industry, Andre, go ahead and yeah, go ahead and give AJ a proper introduction if you would. Well, I will. <laughs> Uh, thanks for uh, reminding me. I was so busy uh, uh, trying to take care of the other technical stuff, I forgot. So, uh, Dr. Gina Gaudio Grace and I, Andre Adams Miller, are interviewing today AJ Poyden, who is a high level community leader who educates entrepreneurs, other leaders, and influencers to create a code of personal freedom using kick butt discipline systems. AJ has 30 plus years of experience training both the personal development arena and business seminar world. And he is known as the seminar Yoda. And we know how amazing Yodas are. He is the trainer of leaders, the guru behind the gurus. He has consulted with Les Brown, Russell Brunson, Dean Graziosi, and so many more. If you've seen them, you've heard of them, you've quoted them, chances are AJ's uh, consulted with them, spoke with them, worked with them, something like that. So AJ Poyden, he is an absolutely amazing man. I'm so glad to have him here and really, really good friend as well. Well, thank you for, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> Well, you're very welcome. You know, AJ, you have been working on the seven pillars of the Freedom Code. I wondered if you'd share more about that because I've been really excited about what you're doing and I'm going to pin your video sure. so that we have the mic right on you right now. Okay, great. You know, um, you know, I've been in the industry of business development and personal development for over 34 years. And so with and I got involved with it, first of all, straight from heart, just the fact that I loved it. It's not that it was like, oh, you know, here's a good business to do. This was like, wow, here's something that makes impact. So I, I, I got into it because of what um, this industry can do for people. However, after 34 years, boy, I've seen hundreds of thousands, if not millions of entrepreneurs uh, and non-entrepreneurs look to better their lives, you know, look for a better tomorrow, look for, you know, chasing their dreams. And I've seen uh, them take so many approaches from buying books, from joining network groups, to joining masterminds, to becoming part of big network groups, to taking tons of seminars and certifications and growth, learning marketing, business, time management, relationship management, like all these things. And yet, you know, there's still only a small percentage that actually get up and do something with it and or make a big difference in their lives and you know i've seen people go so i've seen the whole gambit everything from you know getting no results to phenomenal amazing unbelievable results 
to getting uh, fast starts to slow starts to going up with success and then crashing up and down. And so it's like, what is it that really makes uh, you know, makes things successful? What is it that gets someone off their butt uh, to do things or gets them even happiness, like redefining success, not into just, you know, how do we make more money, but what really makes a person happy? And so as I watch that, and I know that many, many others have as well, uh, to come up with their formula for success, I really, you know, this is like based off of 34 years of having a laboratory, <laughs> a laboratory of watching people. And where have I seen the biggest gains and the biggest uh, long-term success? And um, it comes down to these uh, particular principles that I put into a, um, um, a system I call the Freedom Code. And in fact, it was uh, developed by me and my business partner, uh, Doreen Pearson. But you know, the first thing, the first principle of it is about knowing your core values. Because I see so many people chase dreams and maybe even achieve those dreams and still not have happiness, <laughs> you know? And that, that really, um, well, that sucks. <laughs> it sucks to get success and not be happy afterwards, right? And so the core values is just really knowing what's important because, you know, we're told so much by the media and by our peers about what's going to make us happy. And we buy into these things, not really realizing whether these are things that we're aligned. I, I venture to say if you have anything in your life that is uncomfortable, Un, uh, unsatisfactory, like you're getting this, but it's just not doing it enough, you know, doing it for you. It's because there's something out of alignment with your core values, you know? And so if you're, you know, because if it was aligned with your core values, then you wouldn't be unsatisfied. You wouldn't be uncomfortable with it. You'll say, oh, this is good, right? So, but if you're not very familiar with your core values, well, then that's really important. You know, my particular core values, uh, uh, I find the first one very, being very interesting, it's uh, uniqueness. Being unique is a core value. If I blend into the group, I cannot stand it. <laughs> you know, um, every time I, you know, being Filipino, anytime I go to a country where majority of the people have black hair, I gotta get a red hat or something. I gotta stick out, I can't blend in, <laughs> right? Um, uh, and, and I know that, Andre, you, you like to stick out, you know, as well. So uniqueness is a core value. Uh, autonomy, you know, just living by my own rules is a good core value. Um, loyalty is a value. Community and continual growth. These are these are my core values, and I have definitions of them. I have rules around them. I know how how I'm achieving those values and how I'm not achieving those values. And 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 so now by having that oh my gosh like the world has so many incredible opportunities as a person in this industry for over so many years i've uh, i get opportunities every single week for things but now that i know my core values i can eliminate 75 percent of the opportunities that come my way because i know they're not for me you know, in, in knowing they're and not AJ, really, I'm going to break yeah. in for just yeah, one please. minute because I've seen this exact same thing as a business coach and mentor for over 24 years. Uh -huh. And one of the things I've seen, even in my own life, if I'm doing things that are diametrically opposed to my core values, it literally makes my body sick. Yeah. As weird as that sounds, but I mean, it, it's that big of a deal. So I totally agree with you on this. Yeah, absolutely. How can our it, listeners figure out what their core values really are? You know, um, you know that that's really great. Yeah, the the consequences of not living by that, you know, really can become like illness. Like I get, I can get sick, you know, in certain areas when you're having to live against those particular core values. Um, absolutely, and it can, and when you're doing, you know, our work. It's so important when you're against those things, it can really do that. So, you know, I have a, a list of 230 uh, 
uh, core values that, that are examples. You know, there, there could be way more, but 203 seems to be more than enough for a lot of people uh, to kind of, kind of pick and choose from. But, you know, it does take a little bit of time to really figure out what it is. Uh, I take what my process is helping others is I started off just, you know, kind of very surface way of looking at it. And that is, look, I got 230 of these, which one, what are the top, you know, 20 that stick out? And then you just kind of narrow it down to the top 10, top and top, going down to the top five. But when you get down to like 10 and five, now I need to know stories. I need to know examples. Where, do, where does, do I have examples of being in alignment with this core value? And where do I have alignment, uh, where do I have, examples of not being aligned in this core value. If I don't have any stories around it, then it's probably not really one of those things. You know, the, the, big, the biggest challenge is people choosing the core values that they think sound good to other people. Or if I'm an entrepreneur, I should value this. Or, you know, doing what they think they sh the core values should be. Oh, this is the right answer. This is the best answer. I mean, my, my number one value is uniqueness. <laughs> I think that's weird, you know, um, but it's coming up with those stories and then really, you know, can you come up with rules and definitions? If this is, a, if it's a hard process, you're off track. You got to look for the, for what's an easy answer for you. And that's, you know, those are the, the core values uh, that are very important, uh, you know, in the, in this business, again, how many people do I see go to real estate seminars, right? And they want to become real estate investors. But for so many people, it is so against their values. It is something they have no interest in. It's just something that's going to make them money. And, but they, they hate it, you know? And it's, and it's quite obvious when um, I was a part of, you know, a mastermind group with 200 speakers, many of them, 75% of them being real estate people, how much they love real estate investing and teaching and making it. But once the market crashed, almost like, almost 90% of them say, I hate real estate. I only do it for this. It's like, you're not in alignment with this. Because if you were in alignment, you'd do it whether you make money or not, right? You know, um, so yeah, core values is uh, one of the big key things to that. What's, what's one of your core values that, that you think or, you know, might be one of your core values? My biggest core value is that of being appreciated. Uh, and if I don't feel like I'm appreciated, oh, 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 it just is awful. <laughs> Loyalty is another one for me. Community is another one for me. Uniqueness way down on my totem pole. Not a big deal to me. I don't mind blending into the club at all. But mm -hmm. here's the other part that can sometimes really trip me up in business. Money is one of my lowest five core values. Mm -hmm. And so to be an entrepreneur and want success, but not necessarily value money, that's kind of tricky, right? Yeah. So I have to build my business around being appreciated and recognize that the biggest way clients show appreciation is through money. Yeah. Well, you know, um, one of the things that I've done is I live here in Las, I live in Las Vegas and one way that they get people to play games and keep playing games that are gambling. And, and, but the thing is if they use money, it becomes so emotionally attached. So what do they do? They attach it to chips. You don't, yep. you don't, by, you don't put down a $100 bill, you put a $100 chip. Why? Because it, it turns it into something else. So money is a metric. It's a metric. It's a scorecard. Uh, it's not you got money, it. for the money. So, uh, I, well, you know, in, a, in the seminar business, we talk about the back of room a lot. Like, how much money do you make? Like, what are sales? It's like, oh, once I hear that, it turns me off. Like, I don't care how much money I'm making, but, what, but I know I need to. So in my uh, company, we changed it to points. We have a point system, right? And I so love this. When someone buys my program or enrolls or commits to, a, commits to themselves, stepping up their game, I get 500 points. 
right? And so like how many points do I need to get in order, you know, how many lives do I need to change to get so many points? And this many points means I get, you know, some kind of reward. I change it to, to that kind of system because uh, again, money, money isn't a strong value of mine, but making an impact is. That makes sense? <laughs> yeah, it yeah. sure does. I relate sure to does. Love that. Now, you also said that, um, you know, like uh, uh, appreciation and different things. So not only do I have my core values, I have subcategories because I realize some of those values are only values because they relate to others. So, for example, loyalty is a strong value, but relationships is a value, too. But, but which one is it? Is it is relationships is a uh, the main category and then loyalty? No, to me, it's loyalty first. <laughs> uh, relationships, being trustworthy, um, uh, even self-discipline is loyalty to myself, uh, willing to stand up for someone. Those are all acts of loyalty to me. So not only do I have values, I have subcategory of those values that really support that, right? So when you're looking at your values, realize, I, I find it hard to narrow it down to just five. But, and, and I think some of them support other ones. So that also really helps um, identify that. Yeah, but appreciation is like you, uh, I, I definitely relate to that. The moment I'm in a partnership, when I'm in a partnership with someone, the moment they start to play a power card or make me feel like an employee instead of a partner. Oh yeah. It's like tick, 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 the clock is. The, the, me too. The, the, whether the hourglass of sands are, is dropping and I know it's just a matter of time very quickly before I can't be there any longer. I'm like, I'll run away. It shuts me down. <laughs> and yeah. just FYI, there is yeah. a site called crgleader.com, crgleader.com. And they have a values Gina, preference indicator. Gina, I yes. want to interrupt a second. We're having some sound issues. And because of it, we're getting a lot of reverb that I can't fix. So I've been trying to fix it the whole time. So um, we, we need to all uh, enunciate a little clearer and speak a little slower. Uh, so it makes it easier for the people to hear us. Um, and then especially when it's something new <laughs> that you just introduced. So can you repeat that again and just be aware of that? And if everybody could speak a little louder so that I don't have to have the um, output so loud. Uh, that will help um, over okay. that. Go ahead. Absolutely. So there's a site that I reference a lot called CRG Leader. That's C like Charlie, R like Robert, G like George, Leader, L E A D E R dot com. They have so an assessment called leaders. The okay. Leader Singular dot com. CRG Leader. Correct. They have an assessment called a values preference indicator. And from time to time, I've had clients where given a list of values to assess, to choose which are their core values, they just struggle with it and just can't figure it out. Their version of a values preference assessment is one of the best tools I have ever found. It's around $35, I think, but it gives you a report of and shows you very clearly what your top values are, what your lowest values are, and what sub-values are within them, that can sometimes be really helpful with clients who are stuck around figuring out their core values. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I would definitely will look at that. You know, I love all the different type of uh, personality and uh, uh, skills assessments. And the thing is, so many people blend them all up together and they're, they're really different. Each one kind of shows something. They different. are. And you got to, and you got to revisit them. You know, so many people get to a place to where they heard that and then they think they learned it because they heard it once. <laughs> right. But you got to kind of like, are you living by that? Are you, are you, um, are you following that? You know, it's like having a relationship with yourself you know, in that sense, getting to know yourself better, um, uh, I think is one of those core uh, core things. And that's why core values, spending, it's not a, an overnight, like, here's your, here's your answer. It takes some time to really kind of work that, or once you even identify it, really get to know it 
uh, so that you can utilize it in your favor for a while. But you know, so um, so core values is the very first principle. But from there, um, you know, another principle that I like to use with uh, people is okay. So now that you know what's important to you, how do we structure our lives around this? You know, how do we how do we use that to um, you know to know where to put our energy, where not to put our energy? What are the rules? How do we how do we utilize and live by that? And that's why I call living by a code. And a code, a, a law, is a rule that everyone must follow. You know, it could be you know the laws of nature, gravity, and stuff like that. It could be a law of the land, but a rule is uh, a code is a set of rules that one chooses to live by by themselves. You know, they choose for themselves to live by. And so that would be things like, um, you know, um, the, the, a SEAL code, Navy SEAL code, or the code of the samurai, or code of chivalry, or an entrepreneurial code. You know, uh, coming up with a set of rules that uh, you live by makes life easier. At the same time, it builds a lot of character, and it will help you stay on track and not uh, not go against your values. Uh, you know, if it doesn't follow these rules, then you got to say no. You got to say no to those sort of things. Um, to just kind of give you some uh, examples, uh, these are this is my particular code, uh, a set of rules I live by, and it's a uh, it's it's a series of um, uh, statements that I have. So. Uh, my code that I live by, that I choose to live by, is I will strive to bring a unique value to my community. And you'll notice how this brings in, you know, the the values of what I said was important to me. So I will strive to bring a unique value to my to my community. I am proud of my name and who I am. I play more strategy than others, and I remain flexible. I will not dictate to others what they must do. And I not and I do not do things just because someone else tells me to. I will strive to do my best, be my best, and strengthen my self-discipline every day. I will act with courageousness and tenaciousness, ready to lead, ready to follow, and never quit. I will take responsibility for my actions and face my challenges head on. I am a fear jumper, and I never let fear stand in my way. I wake up early, willing to work longer, harder, and smarter. I accept and appreciate others for who they are. When I can help another, I will. I am wise with my time and money and invest in people and experiences. I will guard the hearts of others and stand up to bullies and defend the weak. I will strive to not overcommit, yet commit fully. I am always growing, always learning, and always in training and uh, training to be ready and prepared. I am present to the fact that others are counting on me. These are, this is my code. These are the rules that I choose to live by. And I read this uh, at least once a week. I, I probably could benefit from reading it uh, every day, but uh, once, <laughs> once a week uh, seems to be a a good commitment to me. Uh, one of those, uh, one of those I want to point out is, I will strive not to overcommit yet commit fully. I think this is one of the biggest hurdles of entrepreneurs. You know, they they say yes to everything, and yet when they don't get done, the the idea, the word commitment, suddenly has no meaning. You know, commitment means I'll do my best, and if hopefully I get there, you know, I'll do it as long as it's convenient. Commitment means I'll do it as long as I want to, want to, until I change my mind. Commitment doesn't mean commitment anymore, right? And and so what happens to us as entrepreneurs is we say, hey, I've got to go on when I do this, but your subconscious mind is saying, no, you won't. It's okay. And even if you don't, you know, it's good for now. It's good action. And so we've got to quit committing so much. People commit way too much to too many things. Um, only commit to those things that you know that 
even when it becomes difficult, even when it becomes ugly, even when it becomes tough, you're going to do it anyways. Those are the things that takes commitment, you know, and anything else is, you know, don't, don't call it a commitment. <laughs> don't call it a commitment unless you're really going to commit to it. I think that's, that's really important there. Uh, but uh, so living by a code is uh, real important there. Now, um, I'm not sure how much time I have here. So I'm trying to, cause I got a lot, I could go days and days. <laughs> so I just want to kind of pace things here. Well, the next time I do a telethon uh, for the Keep Smiling movement, I will give you days and days, and I would love that. I would love to do a three-day seminar with you. I always learn so much being around you and being friends with you and being your publicist. I, I couldn't be happier because I, well, I, I could always be happier because could, we could even do something more amazing. Um, but we have 35 minutes left, so you oh, have plenty of time. So, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, um, some of the things that I have known, like, so you've always been so amazing. I mean, uh, the things that you have done and achieved have just blow me away. And you're, and yet you're so humble. And, um, you know, I literally have to push you aside so I can brag about you because you won't, you don't, you choose not to tell people the amazing things that you do. But one of the things that I have noticed is that with the freedom code, um, you have, um, uh, changed as well uh, from your own work uh, because you are now showing up in a different way where you are, have been um, saying more about what you accomplish and what you're doing. And so I'm excited every time that you're on something or uh, you get to present because you are uh, sharing more of what you do with other people because it's always been a word of mouth or on a need to know basis and you have done amazing stuff. Yeah, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. You know, knowing your core values and your and have developing a code of yourself, these aren't things that will ever go away. These aren't things of of achievement, and then this is okay. Well, now you're done with it. You know, um, successful people keep go, get success, and they go for more, and they go for more, and they go for more, and they go for more. And these, so it doesn't matter how amazing a person is discovering your code living by your code discovering your core values is challenging even if you've done it 40 50 years already you know it is about that growth and so and if it the moment this becomes easy um then you're probably not growing <laughs> you know which is my, my my fifth core value which is always growing right um and so yeah the uh, that's what I love about this because I can work with literally uh, the, the person who's just beginning and the person who's a veteran and been doing it the same years, they're in the same place because it's about your own personal journey. Where are you on, on that and pushing it? Um, you know, self-discipline, uh, self-discipline, imagine that you're at the gym and you're lifting weights, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter how much weight you're lifting, you're always lifting to the place where it's difficult for you because that's the only place there's you grow, right? Um, I do a lot of martial arts and a lot of other types of uh, physical training. And uh, we have a saying, which is your training doesn't start until you're tired. You know, training doesn't start until it becomes difficult because then it's just exercise. It's just doing what you're doing. It's just daily routines, you know? It's only, in challenging times, do we have an opportunity to grow and go beyond that, right? And so, yeah, there's a lot of growth. So once we've got this code, right, we've got the core values, we know what's important to us, we've got our, our code, which uh, the rules that we're going to live by, well, now we need to make sure that we're living by them, right? And so uh, the next elements and uh, principles I like to talk about is accountability and metrics, right? And so accountability um, is what ties, you know, the rules, the, uh, the, the, the code, the core values with results, right? So, it's, so you can have these things and go by life living by these rules, but how does it show up? What does it look like? And that's where accountability uh, comes in and a tool that I love for accountability is metrics and that just means 
you know, that we're measuring it. They're, we're actually making a score. We're, we're keeping track of something. Uh, we're making a spreadsheet on it. And, you know, so the first thing that comes to mind when people say accountability and metrics, you know, accountability is, uh, well, uh, I think I'll get back to that one, <laughs> is that you tell someone else and that's about as far as it really goes. But metrics is where we start to write down what is the the ultimate scorecard? What is the actual number? And most people have like a, maybe a, a money number, right? And it's like, okay, well, how much money have we made so far? How much money have we made for? But there's lots of other things that we could use metrics for. It could be even, um, uh, I have one client that I work with and it's just, uh, he cut, he, well, you know, he had a very negative mindset, just complaining all the time, look easily looking at the negative of things and he wanted to be more positive, right? And so on a scale from one to 10, uh, he would just kind of subjectively rate himself, you know, like how more po how positive was I today? You know, uh, oh, I was in the pits, I was at a three. No, I was pretty good, I was like a seven or an eight. Oh my gosh, all I could see was opportunity, I'm at a 10. And so every day he rated himself like a, you know, with um, mostly like everywhere from threes and fours to eights and nines was on his, uh, scale, but he did that for an entire month, right? And then uh, he did that for a second month. And you know what? Because he, even though it's a subjective number, he, he, you could actually see his mental habit change because in the first two weeks, he would have a certain score if you added up all the numbers, the next two weeks that score was higher, the next two weeks it was higher, and the next two weeks it was higher to the point to where he could literally say, hey, this month I was 57% more positive than I was last month, right? And so you could actually have a metric and measure anything that, that you want to change. And yet if you're not measuring it, what, what would that have sounded like if he wasn't doing that? Well, I want to be more positive. Well, you wouldn't know if you were this month compared to last month, and you wouldn't know if you're winning. You wouldn't know if your effort means anything, and he could easily be positive one month, not, not so much the next month. So it would be so subjective. It'd just be hopes and dreams, you know, of being more positive. You wouldn't actually really know. And therefore, uh, there's no new habits, no new mindset, no new growth from that opportunity if you didn't do the measuring without the measurement um it it um it's really hard it's hard to know if you're winning a game if you don't if you don't keep score i have um well since i've been doing practicing the freedom code i'm pulling more of this in and in and out so agina i'll refer back to you when i'm done sharing this um so i have uh, been incorporating through uh, this summer, um, creating, redoing all my systems so that I actually have um, systems in place that are computerized and um, so that we can start looking at them and have data analytics on what's being done and what needs to be done and how to avoid rework. Because that's my number one pet peeve is rework. When I've already done something, it has to be done again. And um, it's been fun because um, in teaching someone else what I do and the thoughts in my head, um, they, they get it, they think they get it, they start it, and then there's a little bit of rework that has to be done to make it as streamlined or as fast as efficient as what I've been doing. But the cool thing is, is uh, you know, uh, getting through it. So it's flustering in the moment, and then it's funny, you know, because I realize how I don't communicate that I thought I did. And then it's also helped me, um, it's a measure for myself as I realize how, um, effective I am at getting things done and how um, how I have mastered a, an ability to do things that are are so fast um, over over what other what I'm teaching other people to do and then of course they'll speed up as they get practice and get used to it but it's so the percentages are giving me confidence in myself of like I mean I, I literally my uh, operations manager is here from Austin Texas Trey Carmichael 
And uh, in fact, once in a while, I forgot I was on camera. <laughs> I turned over to talk to him because the sound was, I'm like, the sound's not working. <laughs> I had to laugh at myself. Um, but, um, you know, because so he's here seeing me do this. And at the same time, he sees me get flustered and then get super excited because I see the ability of what can happen by um, taking especially the accountability and, and the data analytics part, but so many parts of the pillars into my own life. And um, uh, so when we're all set and done, it'll be really exciting to see how my business moves forward and how for all of my clients, how it's going to, because now it frees up my time to do even more things for them. Uh, Gina, how, how is accounting and um, analytics working for you? My clients have always been amazed by how much I rely on things like Google Analytics or Google Tag Manager to figure out whether or not their business is doing better, worse, or the same. And for me, if I don't keep KPIs, key performance indicators, that is, I have no idea what the heck is going on. Yeah. So I always use analytics for everything, life and business both. Pretty exciting. Uh, and, and Gina, I assume that she would uh, be already excelled in that because she manages so many different things. Um, you know, it, you just always seem to have a really good tracking of stuff. So I'm so glad uh, that you shared that because I assumed that you did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, I do. Time, there's times where you can think that you're doing good and the analytics are uh, <clears throat> you know, something different. I mean, heck, I could have just had a cheeseburger and then Cheeseburgers makes everything better, but it doesn't. <laughs> it just makes me think that everything's better, you know, because I'm happy, you know. And so those uh, KPIs and and metrics, you know, they, they are so uh, critical to to actual growth. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. So um, your uh, the measure, I don't know for sure if it's the client that I know um, that has changed his mindset or positivity. Uh, but there is one of your other clients that I do know that um, he he went from being um, like this all the time. Every Everything was a pain in the butt with a pain in the butt story. And yeah. in the last month, he's like, la, 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 happy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he, he's like me when I'm super happy. And I actually really... I, I just, I literally cry when I talk to him the last four weeks. And he was like, why do you always cry when I talk? And I said, because I'm so happy for your happiness. And, and being with a keep smiling movement, to see someone literally radiate with joy and happiness over dorky things and big things and everything. It literally makes me cry because I see the change in him by what he's done with your freedom. You know, so although that might, you know, I'm sure the world around him will change as a result of that. Um, the thing is that the world did change, but didn't change. Yeah. You know, like he changed, right? He just thought, yeah. he just saw differently. And so therefore he sees the world as different. And so therefore the world kind of becomes different, but not necessarily. It could just be his point of view. It doesn't really matter because his experience is that way, right? And, and yeah, so uh, along with that is uh, the metrics uh, is, the, is that accountability. Now there's a lot I could say about the accountability things there. And, uh, you know, I'm sure your listeners um, have heard a lot of different things. So I just want to point out a few things that I notice, um, you know, from my perspective of just watching it over many years. You know, a lot of people have account maybe accountability partners, or if they tell someone else, you know, that's, that's a sense of accountability. But, um, you know, what they end up having is more of like a witness <laughs> than accountability, you know. Um, uh, to to me, accountability is like a, a safety line. So if I'm like on a on a rope repelling course and I want to I want to click in my safety line so that I don't fall. Well, to me, when I choose accountability partners, I want people that are going to make sure that I don't fall. And what happens uh, I see is people become accountability partners and 
you know, the person didn't do it goes, okay, well, try again, you know, do it again. And, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I know this person didn't do what they said they were going to do, but I'm not going to say anything because I might do something I don't want to do. And then it's kind of like, then they don't, they end up not holding accountability to each other because they don't want to be accountable to themselves either. But to me, that's like that safety line. If I have, a, if, if I expect them to have my safety line and they don't call me out on what I hope I expected them to, I got to call out my accountability partner and goes, Hey, Where's my safety line? I didn't do this and no one said anything to me. If I, if I say I'm gonna do this and I didn't do it, I expect my accountability partners to point that out, to say something, you know, and not let me get away with it, you know? And I love, I, 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 mean, I remember many, many years ago, I had a coach and um, I'm about to get on stage and he says to me, AJ, did you practice your presentation? I said, yes. He goes, did you practice your presentation the way that we said to practice it? Yes. Did you do it several times before you're getting up on stage? I said, yes. And then he said, AJ, did you just lie to me three times in a row? <laughs> I paused. I said, yes. <laughs> I love that coach. I love that coach because he didn't let me get away with things. You know, he knows, he knows when I'm going to when I have resistance and he's going to check, he's going to double check, you know, uh, with things. And so it's that kind of accountability that I think is really important and uh, realizing that, you know, we want people to be that safety line to hold us accountable. But at the same time, one way to get that kind of accountability is to hold others accountable too, you know, when they, when you see people or are they're not, when they miss things, it's like, hey, they're late, and you don't say something, you got to point it out. You know, you don't have to, you know, if you don't have that arrangement or agreement to to dig, well, then, you know, or, or push that pain button, then don't do that. But, uh, you know, at the very least, point it out, you know, you know, I'm not your partner to, to bring down rules on you, but I am that person who can at least just acknowledge what happened. Makes you know. perfect sense. That's a great story. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the biggest reasons for failure, in my opinion, is that people have such a hard time holding themselves accountable. And they don't really understand what accountability systems might be at their disposal to help hold them accountable to getting things done, right? Yeah. Oh, boy. You know, masterminds. Masterminds. I see so, I've been part of very, very expensive masterminds and uh, that were good and very, very expensive ones that were horrible. I've been a, a part of free masterminds that were exactly worth that, nothing. <laughs> and I've been part of free masterminds that were worth way more than the expensive masterminds, you know? And, uh, you know, in our industry, there's this myth that the more money you pay, the more committed you are. And that is so far not from the truth. You know, the more money you pay, the more incentive you might have to be committed, but that's not commitment, you know? And, and so uh, one of the things I say in, in my community is, you know, how much does this cost? It's going to cost you your life. <laughs> how, how much does it cost to be part of my community? It's going to cost you commitment. It's going to cost you uh, who you think you are. It's going to cost you change. It's going to cost you uncomfortability. The money side of it doesn't really matter, <laughs> you know, uh, to that because it's almost irrelevant. I've seen people pay, uh, I see people pay tens of thousands of dollars to join a mastermind because they think that's going to make them more committed. And uh, it doesn't, if you, it, it doesn't, it takes a reason. It takes a why to do that as well. And so, yeah, I, I think that's a, a big piece of failure. Uh, also that they think money is a representation of commitment. Um, it is a good symbol, it's a good sign and it does influence things, but it's not the commitment itself. So I want, I want uh, my clients to pay uh, uh, as, well as, as well as make other commitments too. I need an application. I need a why. 
<laughs> so bringing all this together, like we got the core values, we've got this code, we've got accountability, uh, you know, metrics, bring it all together so that it happens consistency because consistency is absolutely even more important because anyone can make metrics look good for a short period of time is can you make metrics look good over five years over 10 years. You know, can you make metrics different? So um, the next principle is routines and habits, routines and habits. And I love routines because I can take a lot of little things, put them, string them together, make it feel like one thing. And then I get a lot done on a consistent basis. Who Your future is more determined by what you do on a consistent daily basis. It's not what you do, do one time, attending a seminar one time isn't going to change your life. It's, 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 the, it's whatever you do consistently on a daily practice that's really going to change your life. Now, seminars will help you and coaches and, and you know, consultants and stuff like that will all help you decide what should be consistent and then put, put that into a routine. One of my favorite books uh, uh, in recent times is The Miracle Morning by Hal Enrod. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, you read that, but they've got, uh, he's got yeah, some of I have it somewhere behind me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Miracle morning, because in my first 45 minutes of waking up, I can get so much done on a good, consistent basis. As, as a uh, community leader, coach, and, and stuff, what are some of the more common things I hear people wanting change in their life? is oh i need to exercise more oh i need to uh i need to read more oh i need to i need to be doing writing more um i need to be drinking more water more i need to do this more and it's like okay why aren't you doing it it's because they have these uh, uh, i was talking about commitment and it's like you're better off committing to five minutes a day than doing something for three hours uh one you know once in a blue moon inconsistently, right? Even five minutes a day. So my, uh, so this is from the book Miracle Morning, uh, or at least it helped me uh, come up with my particular routine. And um, so uh, my routine is I wake up at uh, 4.55 a.m. And the very first thing I do is I brush my teeth, right? Because it kind of, that refreshes kind of wakes me up, uh, uh, starts to wake me up. Then I drink water because I've dehydrated from the day. Then, um, uh, uh, then I go into uh, a silent meditation uh, at that point. Why? Because well, honestly, I'm a little bit groggy and it kind of gives me a chance to wake up, but I sit up so I don't fall asleep. <laughs> and then I do my uh, peaceful warrior stretching routine. Um, and then I visualize my day. And, the, uh, and you know, like visualizing my day is like two minutes, you know, two minutes, three minutes. It's not something you, uh, uh, doesn't take a lot of time. Uh, and then I read for, I read 10 pages from a book, uh, 10 pages a day over a year, you know, is over 3000 pages. Right. Um, and then I write for 10 minutes. Right. And then, at, and that's my morning routine after that, then I can choose to continue with this, uh, another one that is, uh, more optional, but that's going to the gym and, uh, those type of, uh, things. But, you know, in the first 45 minutes, uh, of the day, um, you know, I cared for myself, I got water, I, I got all these different things and, and doing that on a consistent basis really help. really has helped. Hold on a second here. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. But we, we tease because as a publicist, I'm constantly looking down because I have to take care of other things. And I'm laughing because more and more, um, I've got to figure out a way because when I'm managing stuff um, on the screen to take it over to Facebook or to write so that I can share, everything is at the bottom of the screen. I need to be able to get all of these systems to work so that they're up here. So I'm looking at the screen while I'm looking at them because the whole video, I'm like this. <laughs> yeah positioning i know it cracks me up <laughs> yeah all right so where were you um just you know ha creating habits and routines and so that worked out so well for me that now i have uh uh office day routines so the moment i get into office uh, my first 30 minutes is just i just go through this routine of the first 30 minutes and it's one of the great benefits was my accounting oh my gosh you know, five minutes of counting a day. Um, you know, once I got caught up, 
all it, accounting is just merely recording what I did yesterday, and that doesn't take much time at all, right? <laughs> and so this, and some days I don't have anything to do, and some days I do, but just five minutes of accounting put into a thirty-minute routine um, keeps keeps everything on track. So I th I think those habits and routines. Um, uh, along with accounting metrics, the rules that you live by that are all based off of your core values. Those are pretty important things. Fantastic. Be, yeah. The next well, will thing you address uh, disruption? Because you got a call and I was talking about how I get calls or texts or things. How do you handle disruption? And like I get some people say, well, Andre, just turn your phone off. Well, I can't just turn my phone off because, you know, if I have clients who are trying to get on things and who need help, I have to be available for technical difficulty. So how do you handle disruption? Um, well, there's lots of different types of disruptions. <laughs> um, you know, the, the idea of that, um, you know, it, there's certain times where I just, where I have to monitor, right? There's monitoring, right? And then there's an actual disruption that actually takes me away from the things. And then there's times where it's like, okay, well, this one, I can't have a disruption. So I think it really is subjective you know to to that thing so I, I think it's a little bit too too wide of a question uh to to answer uh with that yeah a little bit a little bit too wide um you know i have clients and i monitor a lot you know during things and there's times where um, i'm just uh no i'm just not available <laughs> you know and and i and um i, I cut it off though all I think it depends on what type of things and those, you know, that might be something where you set, you know, create a set of rules around it. And if you create a set of rules, if they create a set of rules around that, well, then you'll be okay with your answer, you know, whether not someone else's rules, your own rules around that, right? So, you know, if it's a place of, of, boy, do I need to be concerned about this? Yeah, they'll make some rules around it. That sounds so, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, AJ, and then once you have, those rules, it's real important to uh, to hold those. So that's where the next the next two principles, and uh, uh, I'll cover these really quick here, just because I know we're running on time here. But uh, next we, we have eight minutes. Okay, self discipline <laughs> is the next one. Okay, so you got the accountability metrics, the routines and habits. Now it's self discipline. And self-discipline is everything. In life, you will either have disciplines or you will have regrets. Either you will do what it takes or you are going to wish that you had. And self-discipline is also a muscle. It's got, you know, um, and the only time you get a chance to even practice self-discipline is when it's difficult. Otherwise, it's just a to-do, <laughs> right? And so, um, you know, when I'm in the gym or I'm exercising, it's all, it's, it has nothing, has very little to do sometimes with the actual staying fit or getting exercise. It's just trying to get to a place to where I don't want to do something and make myself do it. It's, it's having a strong self-discipline muscle uh, is the key to getting everything that is challenging to get, right? Uh, it is a key to loyalty. It's a key to building relationships, it's a key to accountability, metrics, uh, living by a code, like without self-discipline, you don't have much. And uh, this, yet the word discipline, people keep on changing other wants to make it sound better, like self-mastery, or they want to call it something else. They have a problem with this word discipline. And I think the problem is the fact that you have a problem with the word discipline. <laughs> if you have a problem with the word discipline, uh, then that means it's probably because you have a negative relationship to that word. Not discipline as in punishment, but discipline as in, you know, this is what you stay committed to, you know. Um, so I, I think that's a really important thing uh, to, to work on consistently. It is uh, that muscle that never gets easy. Uh, uh, it's, it's lifting the heavy weight you know, uh, but once you can get yourself to be a pretty self-disciplined person, wow, like the world is your oyster. Like you can, you can do so much with that. 
And then the uh, the next area, and this is probably an open one for discussion, is, uh, is not doing it by yourself. Community and culture is absolutely essential. Who you surround yourself with and uh, uh, in order to have the self-discipline to stay on the routines, uh, the accountability, the metrics and all that is important. Uh, doing it by yourself is, is challenging and it changes the paradigm, your mental, uh, your mindset around that. You know, uh, the idea that a person could go from broke to make a million dollars in 12 months, if I point to any person on the street, they'll probably say that's a, like hitting, getting hit by a lightning. It's a, it's not, it doesn't happen. It's a, it's a fantasy, it's not true, won't happen, very unlikely. And uh, they won't even entertain the idea that that's possible in their life. But, uh, you know, in the groups that I'm sure, you know, uh, uh, Gina and Andrea, you know, that we've been in, uh, I've been in rooms where, boy, out of the few hundred people here, there's probably at least, you know, 12 of them that probably have done that, you know, me included. So the idea that that in that community, that's very possible. In other communities, that is a ridiculous lottery impossibility, right? Uh, the idea of holding yourself disciplined uh, in some uh, uh, communities is not something that's done, you know, uh, where that's a negative word. I like being in communities where that's a positive word, you know? Are you in a community that has uh, positive habits or are you in a community with negative habits? Are you in a community that lets people slack you know, uh, or do you hold each other accountable? Do you have people that hold live by code, a, a higher caliber uh, of life? You know, I think those things build in what you think is normal. And and uh, I want to be part of a community where hybrid productivity, contribution, uh, I wanna be in a community that aligns with my core values and they think that's normal because that's what I want. And so those are the, uh, the important pieces. Uh, you're muted. Audrey, you're muted. How can people reach you to follow up with you? Um, they can go to My, Co uh, My Code for Freedom. Uh, and that is... Uh, an easy place. Mycodeforfreedom.com. Yep. Mycodeforfreedom.com. Uh, yep. Any last words from you, Dr. Gina? And I was muted. No, but thank you so much. This has been so much fun. AJ, I greatly appreciate you being here. And I encourage everyone to go over and check his site out. Yeah, I love working with AJ. Um, it's been fantastic. Um, so that was uh, AJ. Um, do you uh, want to have one final thing to say as um, and then I'll do the sign off. You know, uh, again, it's uh, not just about hearing it. It's all about set get out your calendar, set the time to do the work to to and start with your values. Uh, uh, Gina gave a great reference uh, with that cgrleader.com for that. Find out your values. CRGleader. CRGleader.com. They also have a personality styles indicator that I love it as well as the values preference indicator. Yep, that's it. Go out and do the work. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. We want to thank everyone for joining us today here on Leverage Masters with Dr. Gina Gaudio Grace Divizio, also known as the JV Queen. And um, I'm Andrea Adams Miller. I'm the CEO and founder of the Red Carpet Connection International Publicist. And on Leverage Masters, we seek, um, you know, high level entrepreneurs, um, leaders, influencers who are out to change the world with their information and their messages. <laughs> and uh, we so appreciate everyone who's been listening and following us for all these years. And we have another great show lined up for you next week. So please stay tuned. And with that, here's our outro. <laughs> Very much.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.